I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Ciao, Bella. Chip, you just got back from Italy. Italia. You were in a castle. Firenze. In a wedding. Castle. <laughs> Is that how you say castle? Nope. <laughs> castle. <laughs> but I just thought I'd try you out. So I just I went to a wedding in a castle. In Italy. And I was in the wedding. But you didn't know you were going to be in the <laughs> wedding <laughs> until you got there. I was a substitute bridesmaid. <laughs> and if you follow me on Instagram... Uh, it looks like you got married. It does look like I got married because the bridesmaids' dresses were white. What? And, and you and you had a bouquet in your hair. I had a bouquet. And then someone commented to the like, your hairdo looks like a wedding hairdo or something. Yeah, I got my hair did. All of it. But I was, no, I, I did not get married to my partner, although I love him dearly and would marry him any second. Is that true? No. I mean, <laughs> I don't believe in the sanctity of marriage and the, uh, I, well, let me just say for myself, I for love you, weddings for other folks who for really me, want to marry for you. everyone else out there that gets married. Fucking congratulations. Yeah, good for you. Uh, so I'm just saying for me, I've done the marriage thing and I'm good. I would have a spiritual union, though, with my partner. Yeah, like a big, big ceremony. Uh, you know, so I would be this, there. I would be there. And if you're I remember this pagan hand tying ceremony Ooh. and it's it's some awesome hippie shit. But you essentially do this ceremony where you have a ceremony and then you commit to a certain amount of time to be fully committed to each other. So say it's a year. And after the year, then you re that's your anniversary. You revisit, you decide, do we want to still do this? And if so, how much longer do we want to recommit to? Is it two years? Is it five years? Is it another it. year? I love and that. Because things are changing all the time. I honestly, um, I think weddings, I love weddings. I think marriage is beautiful. I love the commitment aspect. I've already talked to my partner about a spiritual ceremony and he's totally down. Uh, neither of us. He's been married twice before. I've been married once before. Neither of us would like the actual documentation linking us where I take his last name. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I have my ex-husband's last name. It's a good last name. It's a good one. And I it like fits me. And name. it's like, I, you know, I appreciate it and value it. Anyway, my point is I'm not a marriage hater by no. any means. It's just I, uh, for me, um, I don't need it in mm -hmm. my life, but I do love a union, a spiritual union. So the Italian wedding was beautiful. The Italian wedding was incredible. Mm -hmm. It was once in a lifetime. Food was brilliant. It was a UK wedding. Was so it, was the food we were the Americans. Highly intelligent food. The food was brilliant. It was just, uh, <laughs> well, that's what they say in the UK. Okay. Amazing. Like, I don't know what you know that how means. all the Americans say amazing? They always say, like, you're American. Well, you know, all the Aussies say beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, the food was so beautiful. And they say good on you. Mm. Is that Aussie? Not a very good accent. 
Oh. We have a lot of listeners in Australia. You know who's really good at accents? Who? Um, my partner. We are, so I was just like, is he? Yeah. So what? I, yes. So that's his, his like sh- hidden talent. His hidden talent. Oh, show pony. Really, so his yeah. So yeah. He he yeah. He's quite. So we were at Burning Man. I, I was at. We were polar opposites. She was at Burning. Or no, she was at Italy in this fancy castle. I'm at Burning Man, living in the dust, like <laughs> half naked, in running like around. Pasties and, and a, yeah, running around in a loincloth. Yeah. <laughs> Running around, just being ridiculous, climbing on things, fucking with people. Also, just playing with people. We I was having a proper posh dinner. Yeah, you're like <laughs> we were sipping vove, and I was like, I don't know what I was drinking. I went to a <laughs> bar, and they had some free shit, chaka vodka. Yeah, whatever <laughs> they had in there. And so we were we were there. So we but we this year at Burning Man is my seventh Burning Man. In April, actually came to me, came with me to Burning Man in 2012. You're only Burning Man. We I were. Did. That's my other favorite year. Was it? with you, yeah. yeah. Because both years I felt really free. And this year I felt really, really free. I was, even though I was with my partner. and But this year what we did was we we really tapped into the hijinks. You know, like the play and the performance of Burning Man. I just love like, that. Just like you can put on any personality you want. Just kind of like play with people. And we set up a, a free, free therapy booth and put on doctor's outfits. And just kind of like fucked with people. But we, d- we gave them real advice. In a advice. nice way. In a nice way. If they needed real support, we gave them real support. But uh, most of them were like, I don't know. I'm just feeling really good and happy. And we would be like, oh, yeah. Classic case of too much happiness. We need to give them some pain. And then, you know, our answers were like, give them some gems and crystals. Because the hippies <laughs> say that that solves all the problems. Or like a shot of tequila. But anyways. So... We were we've there's a lot of Russians at Burning Man these days. Oh, a lot of Europeans who are coming there, and they. Um, and I'm not gonna stereotype all Europeans for this, but there are, and there Please are Americans. Don't. There are Americans who are doing this too, and it seemed like there was a plethora of Europeans who would come there and d- and have what we call a plug and play camp where you pay an obscene amount of money to just show up and have everything set up for you. Like, oh. we're talking, like, you know, 5 to 20K to just show up and have this fancy camp Maybe the set Google up for people you. are doing that, too. A lot of people are. It's not just Russians, so I'm hitting I've on Russians. I've heard of, uh, about this. Yeah. But there's like they they like helicopter in an, an RV for you. Every yeah, everything <laughs> is there. You show up. Everything you have all you know, fancy bathrooms and air conditioning and all this fancy stuff. So but fancy well, bathrooms and everything. Everything, yeah. And so we w- we actually snuck into some of them. Well, and how hung do they out. identify? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how do they identify that you belong to this camp? Well, it was the last night, so I'm assuming they just gave up. But usually they <laughs> probably would be monitoring. But we definitely don't look. So like they pay they for security there. guards too. There wasn't when we went in there, and and it was just like this fancy setup, and they had like some cold clam chowder. I called them cold desert clams, brewing in the back, what? and like nice chai and bathrooms that were real toilets that um. We're still there's like fancy porta bodies and running sink water, which you don't usually have unless you own an RV. And uh, do you think that these people are having little no impact on the environment of um, the playa? No, I think that they leave their bikes behind and they don't give a fuck. And I don't, I don't think this is everyone, but I'm pretty sure that they're not living by the principles of Burning Man. Um, but it's getting a bit mainstream, isn't it? It is, That's yeah. Sad. And my partner keeps saying that, and I'm like, it kind of always has been mainstream since I started going in 2011. It's kind of always been that, but it seems more the plug and play thing is mm. really growing. People want to go and have an it's experience. A whole and so, anyways, we were in this camp. They were mostly Russians, we think. And so, my partner took on this persona of a Russian. Actually, I don't know if he was actually. I think he's from Ukraine. And that's his personality. And he was just like messing with them and with us. And it was, anyways, it was, it was very, very entertaining. And 
I just, I just like, I like the play. Wait, and so if he had a Russian accent, weren't mm-hmm. they trying to speak to him in um, Russian? He, no, they knew he was fucking with them. They, oh, okay. They, it was very, very clear that he was just playing, in, like he was just on a roll into the hijinks of Burning Man. Um, they didn't think it was that funny, but we did. So that, <laughs> that's what Did you have any of the clam chowder? Yeah, I had one sip. It was cold desert clams. It was disgusting. You're not supposed to have clams in the desert. Doesn't make, no random, makes no sense. That is a really random food choice. It makes no sense. But um, in other news, uh, if you listened to our last episode, I recorded an episode there. I had a very, very, very good time. Um, I didn't wear a lot of clothes. and I haven't listened to the episode yet because I just got back. It was a, there's Late a, last a night. light buzzing sound with an air conditioning in the background. But other than that, it's amazing. Um, um, and I think that Bernie Man, should you... No, I think that you all shouldn't go because then it'll be easier for me to get a ticket. <laughs> I, I think, think you should go I'm back. Gonna be, I think I'm going to be a plug-and-play person. I don't think you're going to be a plug-and-play person. Why not? Why? I like real toilets. Uh, I like a shower. I like Russians. You can have that in an RV. I like Kamchatka. You just bring an RV. I like castles. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to go fuck with your plug-and-play camp. <laughs> Do you know what happened? <laughs> like, a y- the year before last year, someone went into a plug-and-play camp, and I'm pretty sure they, like, super glued their toilet shut. And their <laughs> oh, my God. See, that's, see, that's funny. That is yes. funny. Yeah, that's like... there's cause there's. Well, do you remember the year we went? We met um, some Italian-Australians. Oh, I remember those folks. Me, too. <laughs> and they had, like, a full-on s- beautiful setup as well. Well, they just, I mean, a nice RV. And they had a super nice RV, and they, they said that they spent, I think they, they spent got crazy money. They spent like at least 10 grand for the RV. Because and then the they RV spent companies like triple or quadruple in price for Burning I Man. Know. It's nuts. And it's That's like why my partner wants to check out Burning Man eventually. And I'm like, babe, for the amount of money we will spend i'd rather i'd rather go abroad i'd rather take an african safari well that's yes i agree with that so and the way and to I'm do it is not yeah. to rent an rv it's to find someone that will, will, will you lend, know enough yeah. people and someone that will rent you can rent it from them and it will get I'll just buy dust. an rv before i mean yeah, that's probably gonna be the same price as, as renting one. but then you have it and you yeah it. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with that concept and then and i it. can lend it to you when you want to go and i don't go Thanks, I like that. Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, we have a... Don't um, be super glue on the toilet seat shut. No one will fucks <laughs> with ours. Ours <laughs> is like a camper on a truck that looks <laughs> like some hillbillies living there. <laughs> 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 it's awesome. Well, I um, am happy that you had a great trip. I, had an, um, I have to tell you, Italy, for all those folks out there that haven't been to Italy, I don't think you've been to Italy, no, have I've you? I've never been. Oh, so brilliant. Is their wine as good as Margin's wine? Because I, I honestly no, it's not because Margin's wine. I'm spoiled by Margin's wine, and we're drinking the Cab Franc right now. I love it, it's so good, and it is so yummy. And shout out to Megan Bell, who's the winemaker, and and Megan, your wine's better than your, than Italian wine. Uh, Megan, your wine really is. You know. Another shout out. If you are a local Santa Cruz person, go to Bantam. Megan works there. Ask for her. She's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Did she tell you you could say that? Uh, No. However. But tell her you love her wine. But the wine is so good. And if you go to marginswine.com, sign up for the newsletter. She literally sends out a newsletter probably, what, once every quarter maybe, which is every three months. Maybe. So it's not going to flood your inbox with spam. And she just talks about her new releases and she only does a release probably once or twice, sometimes three times a year. 
depending on the availability of the grapes. But check it out. Amy and I love the wine. Anybody that buys the wine loves the wine. So good. It's so different, unique, boutique. It's brilliant. Uh, enter Shameless Sex 10 to get 10% off three plus bottles. And then if you buy six plus bottles, so if you decide to buy seven, eight, nine, ten bottles, enter Shameless Sex 15 and you'll get 15% off at checkout. Uh, I recommend it to everyone. And yeah, I have yet for anyone to be disappointed. I don't think anyone's disappointed. No, 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 which is a good sign. Even my bougie wine friends, like including your mom, she's bougie. My mom is bougie. Wine o, <laughs> bougie wine o. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking wine, of mom, mom o, mom, 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 mom owns, <laughs> mom owns a sex shop. It's called Pure Pleasure, and it is a wonderful adult toy store. Very sex positive. Go to purepleasureshop.com. Or if you're in Santa Cruz, go to Pure Pleasure. It's on Cooper Street. And this month, Pure ooh. Pleasure is running a sale on kinky things. What's the ooh, what's the what's a kinky thing? What's give me an example. So ooh, one of those things that you roll over your boob that is oh, the sharp. Pin, the pinwheel? Yeah. Pinwheel. Or do you know one of our favorites? What I gave you for um was it your birthday? The under the bed restraints. Okay, they don't fit my bed, by the way. I need a new one because I have a king, Cal King, and they don't fit. Oh shit. You cal well, Cal King. Cal Okay, king. so we'll get you a different one. Okay, thanks. They I do forgot fit. to tell you. They do fit up to well, maybe it's only up to Queen. It's then. it's it didn't fit. I was stretched out, I was max. Maximized. Oh shit! I was like, these aren't working. Mm. Can I get the liberator ones? Y yes. I'll pay you. Okay, I and mean, I'm trying to think I'll what pay those you are. Do they, they make them? Yes, they do make them. I know what you're talking about. They do. Yeah. And I asked the liberator person, and they said that they would fit a cow king. And I was uh, like, Are you sure? Okay. Because I have some, and they didn't fit. So if you have a, um, I wonder if it's a cow because cow king's way bigger. So if it's a regular king and or smaller. Then under the the bed of restraints would probably work, but if you're a cow king, then yeah. you're just greedy for space. <laughs> <laughs> it's <not> <laughs> greedy. Why I, do you need that it's much my space? First time I've ever had a king you're bed. You're tiny. Why do you need that much space? Because my partner is my partner. He still bed. only needs half of it. I know. I don't know. <laughs> we don't even use the whole thing. We use like a quarter of it. I know. That's why I think of like the way I sleep in bed. I'm like literally in one spot the whole it's time. It's my first cow king. Don't blame me, okay? Greedy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want any kinky items, the reason why it's kinky items this month. What about is with that hog tie system? Yeah, hog tie I system. I love that thing. Or in his blindfolds, handcuffs. If you don't have a hog tie system. I highly recommend it. It's just Velcro, and it's not super freaky because you can un-Velcro yourself if it gets too intense, and you're like, I don't want to be Velcroed anymore. I really lo love bondage tape, or I think I've they call it pleasure it. tape. It looks like caution tape, but it's just like either one color, and it sticks to itself. It's like unlimited pairs of handcuffs. Ooh, what about just little feathers? Feathers are fun. Or blindfolds are hot. Blindfolds. We have a lot Ball of that. I, I love that. Um, the bijou one that says shh on it. Oh, that's that cute. You can tie or it's actually you tie it. It's super sexy. Yeah. Or the mindfold. What's now that? a mindfold. Remember, you've seen me wear it. I wear it when we share hotel rooms. Oh yeah. It, it has it has little eye holes that you Yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a blindfold that um Jaylene had it at her for her bondage thing. Mm. And it has foam pads around the eyes, so you literally can't see anything out of it. So it's great if you're really light sensitive for sleeping or meditating, but also if you really if you want to put a blindfold on someone and do some things to them and not have them know what you're doing, the mindfold is badass. And this I is like all that. pure pleasure. And right now for this month, if you go to purepleasureshop.com and 
you use coupon code KINKYPP in all caps, you get 20% off. Our listeners always get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps. But this month, off kinky items, so anything in the kink section, um, using KINKYPP in all caps, you get 20% off. So you have to go, you have a category that's Yeah, it's, there's a cat. I think, I forgot what it's called. It's like fetish and bondage pleasures or something on there. And anything in there is 20% off. Oh, that's that's pretty great because what about liquid latex? I don't think we have that anymore. Oh, damn it. I mean, maybe. I haven't looked at Remember it. Remember when I got painted like a schoolgirl? You look so cute. A little bow tie on. Yeah. Oh, it was a bow tie. It was like a little tie. It was tie. a tie. Yeah, you adorable. A little pocket painted over my titties. Oh, actually, I think I put that photo online. Okay. Should we, we answer the next question? Next question, question, everyone. Yay. <laughs> We're going to leave this person anonymous. Um, okay, this question is really good. For, we didn't even tell you what the podcast topic is, but you were obviously already saw the title. <laughs> it's going to be boundaries and edges um, in ways that we can get more clear on our yeses, our noes, and our maybes in ways we can voice our boundaries and edges as a means of having a more connected sex life, a more fulfilling sex life to ourselves and or partners. But this actually is a great episode. It's amazing. For folks that are in a relationship are in a in any single, type of relationship yeah, anything, or yeah. single because we really talk about um what is a clear definition between how to identify your yeses your noes your maybes or like what's a boundary versus an edge right the way that she says that it's a sex therapist w- that talks about this and the way that she speaks is just like it, i mean i learned so much and also incorporating sex positivity into therapy. Yes. Just check this episode out. You you're will love it. not be disappointed. If and this question kind of ties into some things we were discussing today. Yeah, if you're already annoyed with us, just stay <laughs> tuned because it's going to get much Why more Why would exciting. people be annoyed with us? We're not annoying. We're awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> Here's the question. My husband lasts a very long time during sex and even masturbating on his own. Penetrative sex can last longer than 20 minutes, and this does not include 10 plus minutes of foreplay. While sometimes it's nice to last a while, I come during foreplay and struggle to be able to have a pounding cock in my pussy for a half an hour. Even with lube, I get really sore. How can I help him come quicker? Blowjobs, handjobs, and various positions all take just as long, and most of the time it takes all of them to help him come. Uh, And they also had had prefaced this with that we normally talk about kind of the opposite issue of people who aren't uh, lasting as long as they'd like to, uh, and that she's saying that her issue is the opposite of that it's a good question a thank question. you listener for mm-hmm. reaching out about this yeah um i so i i have a suggestion that okay. i think ties in with the podcast it, that we're talking about boundaries and edges um if your pussy is super sore then that's your boundary like if your pussy there's one some one thing of like oh my pussy's just kind of like a little sore versus my pussy's super Swelled sore up or this, something this hurts right. yeah and we talk about this in this podcast the distinction between pain and discomfort and how it's important to understand your boundaries and when you're not enjoying something why are you doing it to just please someone else like that's not going to be good for anyone so if you're feeling a sore pussy that cannot handle more of whatever it's experiencing, then I suggest press pause, slow down. You're saying more lube isn't helping, so obviously that's not the thing. But switching to something else, give your pussy a break or maybe even the night off. Maybe it's not even just a five-minute break. So just like this is my thing. 20 minutes in, you've been having a pounding cock, first of all. Um, maybe you can try having your partner move slower and they only get to pound for like two minutes. Mm. And if they can't come in that amount of time, then they use their own hands on themselves. Mm -hmm. They use a hot octopus masturbation sleeve on themselves. Right. That's a great recommendation. Or you can get another masturbation sleeve. Tanga makes a great masturbation sleeve to kind of help 
with the the, the hand job. Yeah. Um, it doesn't all have to be just penis. The Once the penis entered the vagina. Maybe throw a cock ring on um, the cock and you can grind on it instead of instead of pounding. Yeah. And um, pounding is exhausting. Pounding is exhausting and uh, and it is difficult, I have to say, for a large majority of uh, female bodied individuals to have an orgasm. It's proven, actually. I mean, obviously, bodies are different, different days, different hours. However, most of uh, them not having orgasms. Most of them need uh, some clitoral stimulation. And pounding that in out thrusting is not really necessarily going to be effective. Okay. And here's the other piece. So we've talked about this in past podcasts. The the way people like to pleasure themselves as adults is very much related to the ways they first started pleasuring themselves or experiencing pleasure as young people. So for a lot that's of male why I body like folks, teddy bears. I'm just yeah, kidding. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's why April still has sex with teddy bears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, for a long time. I got now. a teddy bear by the way. Its name is Ozzy. Oh, can I borrow it? No. <laughs> Actually, I'd be okay with that. Okay, cool. Um, so anyways, um, so but the way that people like to experience pleasure is related to how they first started experiencing it. So for someone who likes intense, like fast, thrusting, hard pounding, most likely when they started masturbating or having sex, that's what it was. That's how they started. Mm. And so they created this neural pathway in their brain that says that's the, what I need to get off. Um, my, my guess would be that for your partner, if they were to start masturbating slow and soft or at least slow and softer than what they're used to like the hard vigorous whatever 30 minute thing they probably wouldn't have an orgasm right away maybe not for like a month but if they stayed dedicated to it they could learn how to get off in another way it just takes commitment and patience do you think that if this partner who is into the pounding kind of did less of uh, like I don't know if they're masturbating often but um, kind of segmented the masturbation or spread it out more or the, the sex would equate to an orgasm faster for the partner for the partner for that the loves the pounding and the it has likes longevity the yes you're saying so if it's, are so you I'm say saying if they i don't know the answer that's what i'm asking okay. do you think if they spread it out i mean there might not be any even knowledge about this i'm just asking well this part, i mean if they so were like okay i'm masturbating three times a week i'm gonna start doing it one time a week and then we'll have sex three times i don't know i'm just thinking of scenarios maybe because your, your theory would be that which is kind of true like if the if people me, last longer yeah. when uh, if they masturbated recently and if they wait like a week yes. then they sorry they last no i'm yeah, yeah. If they wait like a week, then they c can usually come quicker. Right. So then, if, so if they were to masturbate m less, less, then it could help. That's Which possible. Is, this is because for me, I can tell you, if I don't have sex or masturbate for three or four days, I will come super fast mm. the moment I do either of those things. Yeah. And it's m not even a mind thing. It's like a. It just feels so good. Your, bo your body's craving it. Your body's right. like, oh, this so is perhaps if this. this person, I don't know that because they're not the one that wrote, perhaps they could try that as well and be like, hey, yeah. okay, you're touching yourself. And or obviously, I, I love a masturbation a day. I'm just making a suggestion. I like that. No, I think that that makes really good sense. And and also the other thing that, which is where I thought you were originally going, but I think that both of them could be options to try would be um, to have your partner actually touch themselves for a while before you start. You like like mm. like in order of operations, 
they could do the foreplay part that gives you an orgasm. Then they actually start touching themselves in the way that their body likes for a while, or vice versa. It could go both ways. They and touch themselves for a while. And you could also help them out. With, you yeah. know, the, the part, the... the but, um, with, but with things that are less exhausting for your body. Yeah. But, and but then penetration, when, when you feel like it, when you're warm up, maybe you'll get horny again and want to have another orgasm with, like... Uh, the assist yeah and then well and then you guys start having penetrative sex and then when your pussy gets tired then you say all right my pussy's tired now now you get to start touching yourself yeah. again like, okay i've had enough for a little while or uh, you don't even have to say you've had enough be like all right your your turn to I enjoy mean, i say literally if, if that's happening to me i say like my pussy's starting to get a little sore and my partner goes either goes okay I think that I can come in a couple minutes. Is that oh, is that going to work for you? And I say yes. Or they say okay, and then they start wanking themselves. And yeah. I think that's really hot. I can watch it. Uh, like I'm not responsible yeah. no. for them having the perfect orgasm when my pussy is sore. It's not my job. I can tell you that to this listener who is writing in that my pussy from a lot of pounding gets super swollen and hurts to the point because I have a scar from when I had this oh, yeah. accident when I was 17 with the sex accident. I think Could. I've I've told folks it's not right now. It's not the time because this is going to be a really long Everyone's podcast. Everyone's going to be curious. Otherwise. Uh, so I get really swollen. I actually have to ice my mm. pussy after mm-hmm. a lot of pen, like a lot of in and out penetration for a long period of time have to ice the vulva so i'm not a fan of long periods of pounding myself and it actually once i start crossing i can feel it and i'm like all right like the lips almost start to like it's just too much and even with lube even with silicone lube i'm like now and i just have to like back on out because i know that my i'm like absorbing any kind of lube so honestly i don't think pussies are designed for heavy pounding Unless the human that owns the pussy is getting that feeling of, I just want you to fuck me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I get that feeling sometimes. And when that feeling's there, a good old pounding feels great. But when that feeling's not there, a pounding the, feels kind of invasive. And the operative word is sometimes. And I yeah. think that it does feel great sometimes. And, you know, a lot of those times there's other substances involved. Maybe, like for me, alcohol and which absorbs, you know, when or a little bit of weed you're absorbed because you're, yeah, you're like, <laughs> I got a numb slash dried up situation right now. Because he's like a numb raisin. <laughs> 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 Pound away. There's, pa- there's nothing good going that on there. That sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that overall, um, this listener, I think that I suggest to your partner, to do more wanking on their own. Yeah, start practicing and tell them, ask them to wank slower and softer beat and have them start listening to our podcast to understand that yeah. it's not just you asking for that. It's like the majority of female body meet folks. Meet your that. partner that's writing. Meet them at the edge yeah. instead of pushing the edge. Ooh, which is perfect. That's a good segue into yeah. this podcast episode. All right. Did you mean to do that? Yep. Well done. Thanks. All right. Here's the episode, everyone. <laughs> Boundaries and edges. All right, everyone, it is podcast time. So before we dive in, I shall read a bio. Wish me luck. Melissa Fritchley is a holistic psychotherapist, sex therapist, a certified clinical trauma professional, a certified mindfulness meditation teacher, and the author of the Conscious Sexual Self Workbook. She currently runs a private practice here in Santa Cruz and will soon offer online courses. To learn more, visit mf-therapy.com. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Hello. Happy to have you here. Hi. Love having fellow Santa Cruzians. I know. We have access to so many 
fantastic folks. And I Amy nailed that bio. Oh, yes. <laughs> you didn't did even stumble. I no. know. Impressive. Thanks. Keep Santa Cruz sexy. I know. Got a lot going on. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So years ago when I started working in the... the um, Sexual health. Mm, April is correcting me. I say sex industry. She's like, she's always like like a we're in the star. sex industry, mm. and so people think we're automatically porn, porn stars. stars or we're for sale. Yeah, which right. I'm fine with both of those things. Yeah. However, that's the human not sexuality what I'm a part realm. Of. Yes, <laughs> I, I didn't. I did not know a lot of people in Santa Cruz that were doing that too. And now, as years have gone by, I've met so many different people, like you know, the sex therapists, sexual sexual healers, and body workers, and. Oh, there's just so many of them, and it's it's really it's really awesome to be able to um, refer clients to them or have them on the podcast. It's just yeah, we're pretty lucky here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I love Santa Cruz. How long have you been here? I've lived here almost 20 years now. Oh, so, yeah. Where are you? Where are you? you from? Local. I grew up in Silicon Valley before it was cool to oh, be from yeah. there. Oh, you know? before it was five million dollars <laughs> for yes. one bedroom. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's been interesting to watch all that change. But yeah, I think I've earned my Santa Cruz local credit now. Maybe yes, I think oh, so. For sure. 20 years. You're <laughs> officially a Santa Cruz. We, yes, we honor you. I, yeah. I feel like after I don't even know, like 10 years, you're you got you're you're local now. What if yeah. it's 10 years broken up? What do you mean? You mm. lived other places off and on? Yeah, like me. Oh, mm. yeah. April, you're <laughs> a local now. <laughs> I give you the local mm. honor. Yay. Yeah. Um, so, Melissa, before we started the podcast today, you started telling us your story. And then uh, uh, this is what usually happens when we sit down. Then I interrupt. I'm like, we have to tell on the podcast. <laughs> um, we tell us a little more about how you got to where you are today? Because I know of you as a very um, sex positive therapist. I know that's hard to find people mm that are, um, are passionate about sex positivity in their therapy, people who are working with alternative communities, mm -hmm. um, gender and gender inclusivity and things like that. So um, can you tell us a story about how you got to be the awesome human that you are today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, first, before I went to graduate school for therapy, I was a massage therapist. So, you know, I knew when I wanted to switch to psychotherapy, it had to be therapy that took the body into consideration mm -hmm. because I feel like we experience the world through our body. It's so important. And so um, being able to approach it that way was really a key piece for me. And then when I studied psychotherapy, you know, all these other pieces came together. And then I was interning at Women's Crisis Support here in Santa Cruz. Um, now it's called Monarch Services, but mm. back then, Women's Crisis Support. And I'm working with the sexual assault survivors. And what I was finding was a lot of people coming in and saying, you know, they they dealt with the trauma part of it. They dealt with the betrayal and the fear and the assault itself. Um, and now they really wanted someone to help them enjoy sex again. And no one knew how to talk to them. No one knew how to support them. Um, and it was really mind blowing for me because I felt like that is such a part of reclaiming your life and part of a healthy life and a healthy, um, full expression of who you are. So that's when I went and studied sex therapy specifically. Um, and did an extra internship and all that good stuff that we're required to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and within that, you know, I found this, the, how much the range of sexuality was so important and being able to find answers that are unique to the individual person mm -hmm. has been really my passion. So, you know, so much of the sex advice, which I'm sure you guys come across too, is like, here's the thing to do, yeah. you know, try this, try that. It works for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. What your boyfriend really wants is this. What yeah. your girlfriend really wants is that. And um, what I feel like people really need is to find that way of trusting themselves and finding like amongst this huge spectrum of possibility, things that turn them on personally. Mm. So it's been, um, it's been really fun and a gift. 
What do you say? So for so it, w- going back to the folks that have experienced trauma and then come to you and say, now I want to learn how to um, feel safe having sex again and have um, have more pleasure in my life. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure we could talk for twenty hours about how to do that. <laughs> but what? I mean, where how, where do people start? Um, I think that the place that most people have to start is actually finding that calm, peaceful place within their own body Mm. where they can let feelings be felt. Mm. You know, I think so often we're in our bodies um, in day-to-day life and we're not taking time to feel what we feel. We we literally don't have time. We're running from here to there to this to that. Um, And we've been trained, I think, since elementary school to kind of check out Mm. of the body and do what we need to do and come from our head um, or maybe our heart. But I think helping people, particularly people who have experienced trauma, come back into a felt sense because their body will tell them what they're excited about, what they're ready for, um, what gives them that little chill, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that, but that takes a, a level of safety and trust and coming back, you know, so doing that in session, like helping people have an experience of what it takes to let the nervous system drop down and calm down and be there. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's more ex- experiential. That's why like traditional talk therapy is just, so limited and yeah. and then you have uh, actual experience what it actually the experience of being in your body and feeling connected to it and operating from that place how do you have people tap in do you have them kind of close their eyes and sort of kind of feel their own bodies do you help them with feeling because you said you had massage therapy uh, experience yeah so you utilize that along with the therapy I don't use touch with clients um, because of my license but I'm a mindfulness meditation teacher and that has been really valuable so a lot of it is it doesn't have to be eyes closed but I help them yeah feel your breath feel the different sensations in your body right now Um, you know just sitting here in this chair feel what's the chair supporting you feel your feet on the ground Um, and then to start to feel like where are areas in your body that feel warmth where are areas Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. feel numb Um, so really kind of walking through and getting familiar with the whole range of what's going on because there's never you know we're not all one thing at any time either Mm -hmm. yeah and that's hard I think for folks with trauma to do on their own because their body they've either turned off or numbed out right so they don't necessarily have the ability to just or i'm gonna sit in my chair and feel my body right. now <laughs> right. yeah yeah, yeah you need guidance. a safe person with you actually mm. i think trying to do it by yourself like even just teaching mindfulness people don't feel comfortable doing that at home by themselves but to sit with me once some trust is developed um you know keeping our eyes open being looking around we're in a you're in a safe space with a person who knows you and I'm mm. right here with you um, is a really important part of it. Mm, yeah. And currently, you you mentioned this before we started recording and I thought it was super interesting and such a good point. Um, the typical therapy these days really kind of excludes sex positivity right. and that's something that you're working hard to bring, I mean, obviously, into uh, perspective for other therapists. Um, but why why do you think that is and how can we start to sort of you know, help folks that are in therapy become more sex positive. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's a lot to say about that too. That's another 20 hour. Oh (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But, um, I mean, the first thing is because we're all, you know, trained to be scared of sex. Um, and particularly, unfortunately in the medical or healing professions or academia, there's a lot of fear around this realm of sexuality and it's excluded from being talked about. So I think uh, what a lot of people don't realize is most therapists, 
and we're talking about California, so one of the more liberal places, they're only required 10 hours of human sexuality training oh, wow. to become licensed. That's nothing, you know, that <laughs> and, and most of that isn't about anything uh, involving a spectrum. It's about the problems of, of sexuality. It's about potentially a little bit of trauma. It's about, you know, the, the dysfunctions that are covered mm -hmm. in the DSM. So that is such a limited and scary scope of sexuality that therapists have in their minds when they sit with clients that they're not prepared to be sex positive, mm -hmm. you know, and then they walk in as a human being like everybody else with their own mm -hmm. stories and histories and fears and hang ups. Um, and I think that a lot of the training to be sex positive really is in clearing up your own stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to be sex positive with yourself first, um, which isn't what a lot of therapists signed on to do necessarily. Mm -mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. It'd be great if we all did, but, um, but the truth is a lot of people didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I think people have to really shop around and sexuality is a specialty for a reason mm -hmm. in the field of therapy or sexual health in general with medical doctors or things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, well, I guess well, we can dive into that a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Well, we can talk. Then we'll dive in that a little bit because you have some offerings that are specifically going to target f um, that that realm to help people that are already working in therapy. So we'll talk about that in yeah. a little bit. If you are a therapist or a social worker or even some coaches, um, there's some offerings here for you. So stay tuned. Don't tune out. Stay <laughs> with us. Um, so what about with boundaries and edges? Because I think this kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking it's about. A good one. Yeah, yeah. With, with whether it's with folks who have trauma who need to learn how to understand boundaries versus edges because they're getting back in their body and understanding their yeses, nos, and maybes and how to mm -hmm. operate from that place. But even folks who don't have trauma, I know that it's, or in, of course everyone has some sort of trauma, but like you know what, what they would identify as like extreme trauma, yeah. um, it still is really hard to understand when am I getting a yes? When am I getting a no? When am I getting a maybe? When is this an, an area that I'm just feeling some fear, but if I push the edge, there's a good thing on the other side? Or like, right. or when is this an actual, like, no, I'm going to freak the fuck out if I do this thing? And should they, right. should, is, it, is it worth it to keep coming back to something maybe to try at other times if they're getting hard no's? That's one thing that I've always yeah. wondered as well. Or should yeah. just not approach it if it's too traumatic. Right, and, and, and so... We've got, you know, the two different conversations. I mean, one is about how to communicate to a partner about that. But I think the first piece, again, that it comes back to is how to communicate to yourself about what your yeses, nos, and maybes are. And you're right. Like, we mostly don't know how to do that, you know. And the idea of a boundary, um, I think people are more familiar with it, but they feel like a boundary is something that's... Um, that's kind of external, you know, about other people versus boundaries within ourselves. Um, and then the idea of an edge is like, that's a lot, that's new for a lot of people. They don't really familiar with the concept of edge, but I think it's so important to having um, a, a vital sexuality and not just in sexuality in other areas of our lives too. But I think those, you know, being able to dance up to our edge and work it is really important. And I think I, I learned that concept more in yoga, like in my body and a whole different concept where it's like, if you, you know, if you're not feeling the stretch at all, whatever mm -hmm. but and if you're pushing way past the stretch you're going to be hurting the next day so that that concept of like where is your edge what does it feel like is was really helpful to me and I do find with clients like 
there's people who come in and say like, I'm doing things repeatedly that feel harmful or I feel bad about later. So that's boundary work for them. Mm. But I find just as many people coming in and saying sex has become really boring and rote and I feel like anxious all the time about it. And that's more edge work. Like how Mm. do you find your way to your edge and find that courage to, like you said, like return to something that's a little uncomfortable, but in a way that's like small steps. Mm. That's just titrating a little bit at a time to see like what does it feel like to be here, to Mm. just hold there. You know, mm. similar to yoga stretch, like hold there. Um, and I think what's really helpful for people is to slow things down. Mm. You know, a lot of times when we're doing something that feels scary or edgy, our impulse is to be like, let's just rush through it then. Like, like let's just jump in and blah. Hurry you know? up, get it over <laughs> with. Yeah. Right. Which unfortunately, you know, means that you're missing a lot of those cues of like, do I want to go this way? Do I want it softer, faster, slower, harder? Um, do I want to stop? Do I not? Do I just want to hold for a second and breathe? Um, and so a lot of the working with edges is helping people to slow, slow down, right? That's what we yeah. talk about all the time, <laughs> all the time. Go slower than slow yeah. and then slower than that. And, yes. and, and I think that kind of that the there is this this thing in sex that if if I'm getting a no or I'm not getting or maybe if it's a maybe I'm not that into it I maybe instead of just ruining the moment and letting someone down if I just get it over with right there's oh. that that's huge <laughs> right. I mean that's a big thing for for a lot of folks and then you get some, your own form of sexual trauma that it doesn't seem like it would be because you're still consenting but it's for just from compliance sex but it's right. so that you would say that that is more uh, that's that is edge work then. Well, it sounds like you're crossing your own boundary. Okay. I mean, if, if you're saying to yourself, I don't really want to do this, but let's just get it over with because I think it'll keep someone else happy or it'll get even get me something that I think I want down the road, that sounds like it's more boundary work mm-hmm. um, that could be about a conversation with yourself about what, what do you really want here and what do you deserve here and how can you communicate? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the boundary stuff is because we weren't ever taught how to communicate about sex mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. And so it's easier to just go along with something than to say, like, could we have a conversation about why I don't want to or what, you know, what conditions I would be willing to, mm-hmm. but maybe those aren't the conditions that are present right now. Yeah. And so it takes this conversation, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of people also like when they hit those boundaries for themselves, they just say it's easier also to just say no. Yeah. I've had so many friends talk to me over the years about hating giving blowjobs to their partners, but they right. continue to do it because it was easier for them than just having like the physical, you know, penis and vagina sex right. that they didn't want to have. They're like, no, it's just easier. And mm-hmm. I always wondered, like, that is that that is consensual, but at the same time, right. it's not enjoyable for you. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, what can you, how can you get out of that space? Anyway, I just, that just came to my mind when I thought about what you're talking about compliancy, and it's mm-hmm. it's just unbelievable how often even th- you know they're married to this person or they're in a long term right. relationship, and they're still just doing it, and it doesn't feel good or right, but they're just doing it but to like get it, it over with. Well, it right. sounds right. like it's a com- to me it could be a combination. There's the boundary work of not voicing your boundaries, but there's the edge. Work work of uh which i never thought of this way until you explained it but the edge work is seems more like where's the negotiation in here for how far you are willing to go right so but people are looking at as very black and white it's not yes and no but even though i'm getting a no i'm still going to say yes but they're not taking into account the negotiation of 
how far they can go to still have everyone's needs met, maybe. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the case of your friends, like giving a blowjob that you're not that into giving, maybe there's edge work in there around like, what is it, what is it to offer an act of service because I love this person? Mm -hmm. And in, and just recognizing that it isn't going to be the same kind of sexual experience that other sexual experiences are, but if I could be intentional about that, then it won't bleed into resentment in other levels of sex. It won't take away pleasure I could have doing other things I want to do. But maybe the intentionality is the edge of like, what is it like to offer this as an act of service, as, mm -hmm. as an act of love? Or what is it to say, no, I don't want to do that, but there's other things I might want to do. Or, you know, are there other ways that we could be available to give each other pleasure right now? Um, so I think that a lot of it too is understanding, yeah, what is it that you want? You know, mm. one of the things I talk to clients a lot about is like, what do you want from sex? You know, because we all are, again, sort of trained in this, like, let's just not think about it too deeply. Of course, we all want sex. But it's like, well, first of all, we don't all want sex. Mm -hmm. And yeah. secondly, we want it for lots of different reasons. So mm. sometimes the edge work, too, is like trying to figure out what is it I really want from this experience? Mm. And maybe not necessarily the goal of orgasm. Right the goal of pleasure and yeah. feeling good it yeah. being in the moment, getting into your body yes. and really breathing into an experience. And that's something that I think that's really hard to do. And even though it seems as it, it, as it would be so easy, it's not, it's not, it's not you're in your head. No. Does this, are they enjoying it? Or mm -hmm. what do I, I look like? What yeah. Do I smell like? Yeah. I'm not going to come. <laughs> and it goes uh, on and on. Yeah. Ah, right. I'm not going to come. And then right. when that starts, I, I start to spiral. I'm like, Oh, Oh, right. get out of my head. Got in my own way. And right. then I just try to continue to enjoy the moment, not expecting to have an orgasm. I'm just like, you know what? If it comes, I'm going to be great. Right. So. Right. But it takes that moment of being able to readjust and say, yeah. like, stay present with what is happening, not two minutes down the road, whether an orgasm has happened or not. Right. Mm -hmm. But in, and yeah, those aren't skills that we. And then if the, if you have a penis owning partner, if the penis stops being hard, mm -hmm. you get all, I get in my head. I can't say you, I don't know anyone else. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, what happened? And I'm like, wait, <laughs> is it just, me? Yeah. I do? Yeah. That I, I totally completely relate to um, the being in your body. Cause that is mm -hmm. such great advice that, I think is helpful on every level um, yeah. of every experience outside of even sex. Well, the, and yeah. the mind honestly plays these tricks on us it because really the mind is what's used to the conditioning of what sex should look like. Right. So uh, what you're saying, Melissa, is you get more clear on like, what do you actually want more? So like, well, you know, what is your body telling you that right. it wants? And it's going to be different in this moment as I'm talking to you versus in the moment and in the next moment. Mm -hmm. And that's where the knowledge is coming from because the mind is going to tell us all these fancy things about what we think things should be right. versus what we actually really feel in that moment. Right. I mean, it would be really clean and easy if we could set our boundaries, you know, three years ahead of time <laughs> and just know that they were going to stay like that. And be like, well, this is, your, this is my green list and my red list and my yellow list of things I want to do or they whatever. They change every day, right? <laughs> they You're they like, damn it. I yeah. love that yesterday. <laughs> right. And they change in the moment and they change depending on how your hormones are doing today and they mm. depend yeah. on how I'm, tired you sometimes are. Sometimes I'm like, hey, pussy, you like this. <laughs> remember? <laughs> right. Right. Come on, do something. Pussy's it's like, not today. This thing is not on. <laughs> today I do not. Tap it in like a microphone. Like, yeah. come on. Hello. Work. <laughs> No, you gotta respect <laughs> the pussy today. It's, yeah. a, it's a different like, day. You know what? Let's just right. let's just focus on other body parts now. Right, and I mean, and even worse, what people do is they apply like, well, that worked for my past partners. Oh yeah. So like, well, all the other well. women that I used to touch like this had orgasms. Right. Right. Yeah. All the right. other m other men, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, <laughs> everyone, note to self, whatever your past partner liked. First right. of all, they may have liked that one day. They may have not liked the next day. And your new partner is very different human. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, it's, and that, and that it's, uh, that cr I know a lot of folks like feel shame from that. 
And I know that partners aren't trying. I don't know. I assume that most of them are not trying to create shame by saying, no. well, my last partner right. used to get off really easily to this. They're just doing what's familiar and right. that they're they know worked. To, yeah, they're trying to find something that's going to work. But then that person feels broken. Yeah. They're like, oh, it, maybe it is me. Maybe right. I'm broken and, and more complicated and all the rest of the humans in the world are easier and there's something wrong with me and now I need to go and fix my genitals and right. whatever. <laughs> and it comes back to that sense again of like, I have to look for the answer externally to me. Maybe Cosmo Magazine can tell me. Maybe oh my God. partner oh can God. tell me. Maybe my <laughs> girlfriend can tell me, right? Um, rather than again, like maybe I'm going to have to figure it out because I, I don't have the answer from my partner yet mm. about what works. And that's frustrating and it's, it's intimidating to say like, we're going to kind of have to figure this out together. It also could be exciting. It if could you think be. about it that yes. way, oh my Oh my gosh, I'm learning about this new person. Yeah. Every day could be different. It could be an endless array, a journey together of right. finding what pleases you. Right. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's really Ending. juicy edge yeah. work, right? <laughs> yeah. Really juicy edge work around just being mindful. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think it, a lot of times people also, the thing with edges and boundaries or whatever, they think it's going to have to be this like, fantastical thing that you're doing that you're trying that's new involving like outfits or you know (laughs) different identities or whatever (laughs) but instead like you can work an edge of like what is it like to be slow what is it like Mm. to just say like I don't know and we don't have a map here what is it like to just say like let's just let's do it touch me backwards let's you know (laughs) whatever we used to do the like particular routine that we've fallen into do it the opposite way see how that goes whatever um that can be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Right? It keeps you awake and alive and conscious to what you're doing. Do you so do you feel that part of keeping long-term relationships spicy is to is pushing edges is I mean because that's part of that is like the newness and and there's like some in like newness and expansion there. So you think that if people are like, oh, we're having an adult sex life," the, to push edges would be a way to enhance that. Yeah, I don't like the term push edges, but mm-hmm. I would say meet edges. Meet them, okay. Find them and meet them mm-hmm. and dance there a little bit together and see what's happening. Um, and that's, you know, that as a, as a sex therapist, that's a lot of the people that I work with is people who love each other a lot. Their relationships might be working great, um, but the sex has just gotten really boring, really kind of empty monotonous people yeah. always complain about monotony and uh, monotony to me mm-hmm. how right. can i how yeah. can i change this yeah and you just have to tr- ex- do experiential fun evenings of discovery or mornings yeah. or afternoons or switch yeah and i you know and i think that that's a big part of it and i think what happens you know for people in that is they get scared that I have to be someone that I'm not mm. right. right. That that means I have to go and try to perform like oh, this porn star. Right. Yeah. Or um, I have to look a different way or I have yeah. to be someone different. And so that's that piece again of coming back to like, actually your edge is your edge, like wherever it is, it's, it's something that has to be experienced, felt sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another way people cross boundaries too, is that sense of I'm, I want to be someone different than I am. Yeah. Like we lay that trip on ourselves, right? Like I want to be someone who really likes this. Yeah. And I think that's a fine reason to try something. But like what I hear is people are getting the feedback t- from themselves again and again of like, I, I don't really think I like this, but yeah. I want to like it. Yeah, kind of, you know, is it, and this is my own personal question, pushing the boundaries and not pushing, meeting the boundaries or the edges of your partner. Is it something that 
is not good to do or is it something that especially not around trauma as much mm -hmm. trauma no uh, however things that I don't know like let's say dirty talk mm -hmm. okay I'm gonna use an example of dirty talk and this is something that uh, perhaps you know I, I'm not getting enough of wait mm -hmm. that's not that, you know or I want more of you right? have a friend I have a friend of a friend <laughs> <laughs> wants more I because I I tend to be really bad with dirty talk I want to be better and I try uh, and but you really like to receive it. But I like to yeah. receive it. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so my question is, I don't think there's definitely no trauma with my partner and dirty yeah. talk. However, if I ask for it, I don't know. that. Uh, my question lies within meeting the edges. She and wants how free therapy yeah. right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think it's an edge for your partner, then I think it's, you know, to say, like, don't drop it altogether, but think about ways that you can, like, maybe back off of where you want it to be and explore something closer. So maybe it's like, if during sex is hard, what if you lay next to each other with the lights off and do it? Mm. What if you do it into the phone? What if you read um, erotica to each other so it, you get used to saying the words aloud? Like, look at these ways that you can pull back a touch from what feels like the harder edge mm. and like dance that. around that arena, right? Because it's still something to ask for. Right. And I don't think there's, you know, I invite couples or partners, other partnership units mm -hmm. to not think about like hard nose, but to say like, can, is this something I c we can revisit later? Mm -hmm. Right. Like maybe it's a no now for a month, for a year. We don't know. But like, is it OK if I revisit it later? Because it is something that is I would really like. I just thought um, that perhaps uh, the listeners could take that to another level for whatever level that's in in their relationship because everyone mm -hmm. there, there's individuals in relationships there's multiples in relationships and of course i think that uh, meeting edges is is a gonna happen on a daily basis yeah. on so many levels yeah. outside of the bedroom as well so right. that was where my example I was, and that was the first one that came to my mind yeah so love my partner but love the dirty talk and love that suggestion about the yeah uh, erotica reading yeah like i think when you hit a partner's edge like the that is it that should be an impulse to think creatively and be like how could i make this more easy and comfortable for you mm -hmm. you know what could we do that would make it easier not like you just need to figure out how to make this happen oh, <laughs> which no. i think is yeah, how a lot of people get left you're not a mind reader <laughs> i thought you were a psychic why right how do you not know this is going on in my mind and a lot of it is this either or like either you do it or you don't because we're not you know thinking that creatively about sex so it's like I have this idea in my mind that you're going to do this thing in this way and that's what I want and if it's not happening then I give up mm -hmm. and I'm not going to yeah. get it rather than what are what are other aspects that I liked about that what turns me on about that idea when you start to think like that then there's so many more options mm -hmm. right like is it the breath on someone's ear that you like is it the sound of certain words? You could have other pe people reading erotica aloud, playing while you have sex. You could have porn on in the background. You, I mean, you know, as we start to be like, any option is available. What is it that you really like? What's exciting? Mm -hmm. Then you can add those things in. Yeah, it's like thinking outside of this, the box and expanding the menu beyond what you thought were the only menu. What is in Somatica, they talk about there's like the kitty menu. Yes. Which <laughs> is this like traditional, like, you know, missionary yeah. sex and like men should be like this and women should be like this and da 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 da. Yeah. And then you have the expanded menu, which is like the, and you got to call it the adult menu. I don't remember what they even call it. There's like, oh, is it, it's not exotic. 
I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> it's, there's a lot more things on the menu and it's right. limitless. Right. And, right. and it's just part of you choosing what works for you in that moment. And it just really comes down to always being in negotiation. Like all of that. Oh, the example yeah. I think too that we use often is like anal sex. You know, one person really wants to try anal. The other person's getting a hard no in that moment. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is like, you don't have to completely put something, you know, un- you know in the uh, shelf it. Is that the right word? Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. can, you can say like, I'm getting a hard no right now, and so let's like let's put shelf it for a moment, yeah. and then we can revisit in a couple of weeks and see right. what happens then, and see what kind of room is there for negotiation. Maybe it's just. Like your cock can't go in my ass, but maybe a little finger or tongue. How about right. we try that? Right. Or maybe so, no. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm still getting a hard no. Right. Or maybe just some pressure on yeah. you know your anus, and that yeah. feels. Let's see how that feels for a while. So maybe we just watch some anal porn and see right. how that feels. Right. right. They right. look like they're always having a good time, <laughs> <laughs> but just don't do it the so way you see them doing right. it because they're not. Aren't doing you glad it. you weren't not born a cat <laughs> and like you get this like penis probes <laughs> into your vagina With and the like little hooks? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like to think of it as fun and interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're just such <laughs> in-depth creatures. We're very yeah. dynamic. Dynamic yeah. and constantly changing and evolving and yeah it's interesting yeah Uh, yeah. and I think hard nose you know we got to respect them too because a lot of times they do come with like that sense of really being turned off Mm -hmm. which doesn't really go anywhere good yeah (laughs) yeah it never really helps (laughs) no yeah don't try to convince someone who has a hard nose it's not really going to work so well or if it I mean I mean I mean some people do get convinced but then it creates trauma and resentment and awkwardness and discomfort just lack of pleasure yeah you know it's not it's not fun to do something that feels icky to you so do you have tips for how people can distinguish what a yes like completely hard no and a maybe feels like in their body i mean there's the mindfulness piece of really feeling into that and it's going to be different for everyone where that Mm -hmm. comes from but is there anything specific like any specific guidance that you have outside of what we've already talked about yeah, I mean, one of the practices that I do with people is having people imagine a time in their life where they feel like they crossed a boundary that of their own or like stepped out of their own integrity, did something they didn't feel good about doing, which we all have those things. It doesn't have to be within the arena of sex, just in general in your life and sort of helping them like remember what did it feel like at the time? What were the cues that your body personally was giving you? Because again, like you said, everybody's different. Like for me, it might be knots in my stomach or like I get really in my head. Um, So really like getting familiar with what is the cue to your body that that this isn't right for you. Um, And then also thinking within that, like what were the things you said to convince yourself? Right. Because we all have our own different patterns with that, too. Right. Like for some people, it's going to be like, well, I need to keep this person happy. Or for some people, it might be like, well, I want to be different than I am. And so this will be good for me somehow. Or, you know, or I need to do this now because I want it. I want this other thing. That's you a know? really good point. Yeah. It's what very do you do unique. to convince yourself? Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm going to yeah. note it. Because that's, <laughs> that's the part of yourself that needs to be tended to in those moments. And then, like, once you, like, can take care of that part of yourself and honor it and be like, okay, you're, you're trying to convince yourself of something. You're trying to cross a line. Um, it can calm down a little bit. You can be kind to yourself about it. And then, again, there's more options available. You can think creatively, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think an edge, like, that, that maybe area feels really different. It feels a lot like 
like excitement. Like when I talk to people about like going on a roller coaster or for people like myself who really like horror movies, mm -hmm. right? Like that. You like horror movies? I love horror yeah. movies. <laughs> Annihilation. I watched that Ooh, the other night. That was it creepy. was so good and so creepy Ooh. and no one told me it was going to be a horror movie and <laughs> my partner and I both had nightmares. And, but then I researched it, it and they said the the critics say it's about cancer. Anyways, oh. sorry everyone. <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie, you, you would like it. You should Annihilation? watch it. Annihilation? It's yeah. neat. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Okay. It's very like, psychedelic. Okay. Yeah, oh. very psychedelic. She okay, likes those annihilation. Two. I'm going to write yeah. that down. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, I think um, that sense of excitement can get confused with anxiety. Mm, like, yeah. But, and so finding the subtle differences within ourselves. Like, Never when is it like that. an exciting, um, like, oh, I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little bit on my edge, which can feel very awake. You know, I think that's one of the things I like after watching horror movies is I feel like, Oh, super awake. My senses are on fire. I can see things more clearly. I'm excited. Um, wow, which is I always different than I fear. Always feel, yeah, I always feel fucked Adrenaline. up. And <laughs> well, oh my right. God. I need to watch cartoons. <laughs> right. And I need someone to hold me. And I need to eat some candy. Right. <laughs> Not for <laughs> you, then. The yes. Teddy bear? Yeah. <laughs> That's anxiety. But I, like, right. well, I like what you're saying is distinguishing the difference between... Uh, this I, I talk about this too with like pain versus discomfort. Right. A lot of people put them in the same category and right. you know, discomfort is something that's just going to happen. Yeah. It's just part of the if the human nature and to get comfortable with discomfort. But pain is a different thing. And right. of course we'll feel pain too. But right. especially when it comes to sex, like the, it's really important to understand that too. So for you're talking about in other ways like fear versus mm -hmm. you know anxiety versus just excitement and right. and and understanding what are these different feelings in your body when you actually feel them right and unfortunately those more powerful ones like real pain real anxiety real fear when we experience those they tend to cancel out the more subtle other ones and so everything is experienced mm. as anxiety if you have a lot of anxiety mm. everything is starts to be experienced as pain if you have a lot of pain um and so part of the healing process for people is also to like help those systems hopefully soothe down a little bit so you can find those subtle areas again mm. um, but that's why mm. i find a lot with people who have like generalized anxiety disorder or lots of pain or things like that it it gets really hard to differentiate. And sometimes you do have to back way off and just be very gentle with yourself for a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is why, yeah, helpful to work with people and not try to do this on your own. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, just sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to figure out, now I'm a highly anxious being and try to figure out what's real, my real <laughs> anxiety, and what's just some excitement. It's, it's going to be a really daunting yeah. task, I would imagine. Yeah, for and sure. does your book, because it is a workbook, the Conscious mm -hmm. Sexual Self Workbook, does yeah. that kind of give people multiple solutions and also kind of help them through working on you know self-exploration yeah. and kind of pushing their edges yeah or I mean meeting their edges I meeting their edges yeah, yeah, yeah the workbook is all about your personal history and sort of what walking you through how you came to feel the way you do about your body your sensation your sexuality mm -hmm. your partner's um, so that you can kind of just step back and witness yourself a little bit. So it has journaling questions throughout um, that people can do. And so, you know, it's not specifically about your, your edges or behaviors so much as just who are you and, you know, what do you want from sexuality, what works for you, what scares you. Um, so it can serve that purpose of oh. going there. Mm. You know. Another thing I think that's good for people in, like, finding their edges is actually thinking about, like, 
you know, a lot of times with boundaries, it's like, what if people knew about this? How would mm. you feel? Like, that's one question. But a question that I found is getting more and more relevant to people is, what if nobody knew? Would you still want to do this? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because again, that comes with that sense of identity. Like, I want to be a person who does X, Y, Z, right? Um, I want to be seen as this kind of sexual person. And that's sometimes the time when people can push they're actually past edges or into boundaries and then not feel great about it. And so to sort of say both of those questions, what if people knew, how would you feel? Okay, there's that some information there. It's not the full answer. What if nobody knew? Would you still be interested in doing this? Would you be more interested? Would you be less interested? Like, what does that change for you? Um, and they're not, neither of those give for answers, but they're just ways to kind of think about it differently for yourself. Of like, wh what's my motivation? Yeah, it helps yeah. you be a little more empowered. I like those yeah. questions. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about a client, there's a coaching app that um, that we work on called Juicebox. And have you heard of Juicebox mm -hmm. before? It's yeah. a on it's a long online coaching app you can get on through, um, through the app store for iPhones. And I said that wrong, but you know what I mean. iTunes. And iTunes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said the long-winded version <laughs> of that. And um, so it's all in through chat, and people oh, okay. can work with us. And so I have some clients that I see on there. Um, and it's pretty awesome. It's super affordable, and so it's very anonymous. But um, I was talking to someone about that exact exact thing of their you know, they're feeling shame about some of the things that they're doing, and they feel they're like, I feel... It, I only feel shame when I talk to people about it. You know, on my own, I don't feel shame about it. But when I talk yeah. to people about it, I'm I feel fear. I feel fear of being mm -hmm. judged, and mm -hmm. I think that's that's helpful to get. Though I like your your way of doing it. You're not telling people. You're giving them questions so they can yeah. go deeper into their own process. Right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I mean, f if you feel shame about other people judging you, you know, that doesn't mean it's a no for you. Yeah. That just means now, like, let's address what that means. And maybe people would judge you, and maybe those people are wrong. Maybe it's but their what own conditioning it and their own stuff has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Or maybe you are not in tune with yourself, and they're really seeing more yeah. parts of ways that you're not prote you know, protecting your, em yeah. your empowered being. And yeah, so it's just kind of it's an yeah. open ended question, but it's helpful for people to get uh, people curious. People always, I, I feel like, Many times when they write us, they they just want to feel as though they're normal yeah. and yeah. they're not bad. Right. Am I bad for wanting this? Right. Am I normal? And I think that if you're not hurting someone else or yourself right. or yourself, mm -hmm. yeah. then really the I'm spectrum of normal is so, so, yeah. so like the answer is <laughs> yes <laughs> you are normal and nothing is really normal right. so right. there you go yeah. and within yeah, normal you still have to make choices about what you want to do yeah right? you know mm -hmm. that doesn't that's not a full answer right and there you know have it feel good to you mm -hmm. if it feels good and continue on yeah mm -hmm. yeah Exactly. And I, mean, I think, you know, secrets versus privacy is a part of that, too. Like you get to have privacy about your sexuality. Not everything has to be everybody's business. But if it feels like a secret, then that might be talking more about a boundary that doesn't feel good for mm -hmm. you or it's something that you feel like you really have to hide or you it feels like a, it affects you when you carry it around with you, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. whereas privacy is something that kind of like can feel empowering. Yeah. Like I have this, this is just thing. mine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's such a great mm -hmm. differentiation. There, it sounds like they're the same category. But once mm. it sounds more empowered, yeah. right? They're yeah. very different. Mm -hmm. One is more empowered. Mm -hmm. yeah. I used to secretly watch taxi cab porn. Mm. No, it's not a secret anymore. No, not a secret. And now I don't. I'm still on that porn fast. Porn fast. Mm, yeah. Porn fast. How's yeah. it going? 
It's great. I did actually watch oh, it one yeah. time. <laughs> I was Relapse. a little drunk and I could not. My my vagina, my vulva wasn't working. I was like, come on. Oh, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to the porn. Mm. I admitted it. Did it work? Mm. Yeah, it worked. It's yeah. funny that when the body's numbed out from all the wine and the vibrator is still not working, but the porn somehow <laughs> still <laughs> gets yeah, that right. dopamine running. <laughs> gets the brain turned on. Yeah. Make it to b- I did not want that to turn about me. No. However, <laughs> I just was trying to be open about my secrecy. There you go. So this is mm. not secrecy or privacy. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Free therapy. Thank you for yeah. the therapy. So people, your book, uh, mm-hmm. the Conscious Sexual Self Workbook, people can buy Amazon? Yes. yes Amazon. Okay. You'll get it in a couple days, whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or if you're a Prime <laughs> member. Tomorrow. Very quickly. <laughs> Maybe before 8 p.m. tonight, Pacific yeah. Time Zone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, so then, so when you're coming, Wait, you're coming out with another book as well, right? Well, there's no, I'm not giving myself a firm deadline. Okay. It's got in it, the works. It. It's in, in yeah, the, works. the process. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us any hints? Or yeah. Um, it's going to be about our relationship to our body. So mm-hmm. it'll have, you know, workbook style questions like the conscious sexual self workbook. Um, so journaling prompts and things for people to see their body as really their guide for moving through the world, for feeling that connecting with something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. But Mm. All the ways that our body can serve us that mm-hmm. it often doesn't. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah. The body, everyone. Yeah, it is. It it is. It knows what's it's up. Very nice. So uh, I want to go back. The just before we, uh, we I want to know about your other offerings. But before we do that, I know that you have a program coming up that we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that is uh, for so it's a trauma informed sex positive therapy program that is for sex therapists, some coaches, mm-hmm. and um, social workers. Can you tell us a little more about? that yeah I'm really excited I mean this is putting together my passion of how I wish the therapy field saw human sexuality and sexual health um and it's it's you know truthfully it is based on some of my frustrations mm-hmm. of what I've seen in the field and um, really wanting to do a training program in the way that I want to do it so it's a nine-month program and it's going to be cohort based so it'll be a small group where we can support each other talk about our own sexuality our own transference and counter transference in the therapy world um and we have support to each other in that way so it's three weekends here in santa cruz and then online offerings for nine months um and what i found the thing is like trauma-informed sex positive they both sound like they should make total sense and be a part of everybody's sex therapy but what i really found was those two approaches or fields or clubs (laughs) however you want to look at it um, actually haven't really worked that well together so the sex positive stuff came out you know in this in the 70s a lot of the good you know therapy at that time where it was really like the answer is that we're all repressed and we've all been shamed and it's just about getting rid of that and it's just about doing whatever feels good and it unfortunately did leave a lot of people behind who are like well now I feel pressured to be a particular way now I feel like I'm supposed to just like do, 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 rather than like feel if it feels okay for me. And if, if I say a no, it's repression, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it left a lot of people behind. And then in the 80s, the trauma-informed stuff came around. Um, and we started to realize how many people had been sexually abused and talking about that more openly and all of that. And that field then became very focused on sexuality as a wound and the way that we've been hurt and how to make sex safe. And, um, and both of those fields have really good things to offer, but they're not the full answer, Mm -hmm. right? And so what I really found has been important for me is how to bridge those two things. 
right? How to address that, yeah, we do have sexual wounds and that a lot of times people have to relearn how to be safe and that we also have to be sex positive because sex is part of healing. It's a part of our life. It's an amazing way to express who we are in the world. Um, and so addressing the trauma, addressing the sex positivity, and of course the whole spectrum, as I said, and, and you mentioned earlier that you know, I work with clients who are kinky, I work with clients who are poly, I work with clients who um, identify as in full gender spectrum. All of that needs to be included and it really hasn't been. Like you said there's ten, 10 hours of ten hours, training. right? You can't. You, you <laughs> can't can you cover <laughs> one, not like point five percent of the topic of human sexuality, right? Around. And it's it's so dynamic. It's huge. And that's right. three weekends in 20, 2019. Yeah, it starts January, in January, April, and July. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can go to your website mf-therapy.com for yes. more. Okay, yeah. and folks, could you could if you if you don't live in Santa Cruz, you could just come out for the weekends and then go and do the toast exactly. in Santa Cruz, yeah. and it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Santa Cruz. It's a great place to come, no yes. matter what, right? You, so you're not gonna miss it. <laughs> you can maybe you'll see April and I at Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and national. Pilates or yeah. shopping. Yeah, and I got approved for national CEs. So oh, you nice. know, whatever state you what live in. What is national CEs? It means um, if you're an LMFT or a licensed social worker or an LPCC, you can get your continuing education units oh, cool. um, covered for this. So that's great. Um, I it's worth 36. 36 CEs. That's the time we spend in person. Oh, cool. For the three weekends. So, um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great Exciting. option. The world yeah. needs it. it and then you maybe we can help solve some of the issue of how hard it is to find <laughs> good therapists who specialize in sexuality. Yes. We need more therapists out there, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, that, that I feel like I can refer to and that, you know, can yeah. really support people who are finding their own answers, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, what so what and so what are your uh, your other offerings so people can work with you in person in Santa Cruz you see clients here, mm -hmm. um, so what else how how can people work with you what else is available so I mean if you're a California resident you can come also for couples intensive so people come and spend a weekend here in Santa Cruz and do like six hours of therapy with me during that time on a particular issue and that can be a really great way to sort of get things moving get some um, change in your relationship um, I work with people who are in therapy with other therapists who maybe again like their therapist isn't that as great as a couple's therapist but doesn't talk about sex, talk about sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's right. like funny how they're different it's like yeah. someone can do marriage and family therapy mm -hmm. and but s the sex piece is left out right. like for me I'm like they all the, what that makes no sense mm. yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so it, it's a way to sort of supplement that for some people mm -hmm. so I'm doing that and then I'm going to be putting together some online online courses, um, which will be on my website um, that will walk you through sort of mindfulness in relationship, mindfulness with your body. So online things that you can do on the screen. Mm. So at home. Yeah. Perfect. So that's at Lots of good stuff. mf-therapy.com yeah. for Melissa Fritchley's at LMFT. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Uh, licensed Marriage and Family yeah. Therapy. Yeah. LMFT. Yeah. <laughs> all these, all these all a a B C D E F Gs. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you so much for coming. Yeah. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, I learned a lot. Me. I, I learned, learned <laughs> a lot as well, and <laughs> I really do appreciate you. I'm happy that you're local. Yeah. You look so familiar. I'll probably see you next time. I'm like, Melissa. Yeah. Melissa. <laughs> 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 Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't wait to see uh, you again. Yes. In town. Thank you. Have me on yeah, again anytime. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have you back. Second book. The neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Second book time. <laughs> All right, y'all. Right, well, thanks for joining us again on this this Tuesday and or if you're listening on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day it is. Uh, we absolutely love our listeners. Thank you for tuning in, y'all. 
Ciao Bella for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.